I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands Under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. know it's coming and it's not going to be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you going to do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada. But it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. 
We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. 
The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly while your parents were asleep. Now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn oath they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore, and then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died, or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. right place to recruit for a militia. God save King George! Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. 
Welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, my much better beloved better half. V. Lynn. Hello, Patriot. You know, I always knew Tool was fucked up, like, in the head. But now watching that video, tell me something. Did you guys not, like, when I saw that video for, like, the first time today, because I've never seen their videos, I've always heard their music, just never seen the videos, didn't even know they had videos. And then I went looking for them, and I was like, holy shit. They actually have all their videos. I was like, holy shit, there's some fucking really crazy videos there. And I'm watching this video and he's opening and closing the box the whole time. He goes out, scurries around, finds something, brings it back. He puts it in the box. It's kind of like a book opening and closing all the time. Never a truth. It's kind of like fucking watching the news every fucking night. Never the truth. We open the book. We never get the truth. Damn. Craziness. Anyway, sorry, my bad. So how was your day, babe? Tan tangent. Fine. Actually. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good day. You were home pretty early. Yeah. Like two o'clock. Yeah. Not bad. Normal day. Yeah. Yeah. I got to plant today. Yeah. I planted a whole ton of tomatoes in mostly in pot while in. In pot? In pots. Oh, I I'd say holy shit. In, in the where the we have pot growing. Fabric bags, you know, the fabric planting bags. Um, so I did tomatoes today. And uh Put electroculture antennas in half of them. The other half none. Correct. Videotaping for. Yep. Starting Good. today, Good. so we're we're running that. I did a ton of weeding, lots of weeds, not the fun kind. Not the good weed. No. Not the fun weed. No, no. So. Damn it! Damn it! But that's okay. And we have a giant watermelon, and I have no idea. Like, it's our first watermelon. I don't know when it's ready. When it turns green. It's. I mean, it's. I mean, the outside shell should be green. It should be pretty thick. You should it's be green and like stripes. Yeah, it should be dense. It's probably ready. It's probably ready. Yeah, it's like oddly shaped too. So it's long. So you grew a dildo watermelon. Pretty, pretty much, it's <laughs> giant. It's big. Like I almost want to go get it and come bring it in. Uh, yeah, Zion, I do prefer the fabric pots, especially for. Well, I mean, for tomatoes, not necessarily because I'll usually put cages around them so those i'll usually do hard pots on um but I, sometimes for the fabric pots i definitely prefer for like radishes and carrots and things like that potatoes potatoes stuff you can rip apart to get yeah. to the fruit well i mean you don't rip them apart you just but you you can put the whole pot in a thing of water or you know i actually i had that big it's actually a, a keg tub Mm -hmm. But I put all the potting soil in it and then all the rain hit it. And so it was just all saturated. So I put all that in the pot and it just drains all out. But then all that soil is really good and rich and, and I don't have to, you know, do a deep watering on it. So anyway, uh, when the hay straw turns on the belly of the watermelon, I don't know what that means. Yeah, no shit. You're going to have to be a little <laughs> bit more specific. We're good, but we're not that good. All right. So anyway. So Where yeah. do we start tonight? Because oh my god, it was the craziest so day. Much. Like I have, I sent you video after video. After. Um, hey, I, it, and I, uh, already had I, a lot I of posted them. this in both chats. You guys can scroll up if you guys have not followed this dude, Steve Inman. He used to be, um, I think he's a ESPN announcer, but he's super like us, and he does all these videos from around the world of fuck around and find out. And they are fucking epic. They are hysterical. I 
I, I beg you to go give him a follow because I've been watching his videos. I found him this afternoon and holy shit, I've been giggling ever since. I've been watching his videos pretty much nonstop. <clears throat> like every video that he's posted on X is actually pretty hysterical. He does a lot of good fuck around and find out videos. Really funny shit. If you want some humor, that's where you go. He he had me rolling. Couldn't stop laughing. I'll tell you what. Let's start. Let's start here. Because this is a um, Vigilant Fox puts this out every week. I love this. It's the stories they didn't tell you this week. The yeah, the 10 stories the mainstream media chose not to tell you this week. And I think he put this out on Sunday. So number 10, Pfizer stock takes big loss because nobody wants their COVID vaccines and drugs. Like a huge loss. They're down like 40%. And Moderna's down like 50 something percent. Hey folks, it's like, it's that's like you all. It's company that's, tanking. It's not us. Down. That's not anybody. That's you all. Mm -hmm. You all are doing that. Elon Musk makes strong statement in defense of the second amendment. Donald Trump unleashes on corrupt world health organization and viral true social video. Uh, murderous doctors destined unvaccinated patients to suffocate to death. <sighs> Tyson Foods makes a big bet that you will eat the bugs. Uh, member of Parliament Andrew Brigden, he's in the UK, brings forth compelling evidence to the UK Parliament that the COVID-19 shots are responsible for excess deaths. And everybody got up and walked out. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> researchers find Pfizer excluded clinical trial deaths from FDA COVID-19 vaccine EUA request. Oh, man, I hate when that happens. <laughs> Don't you? Mm -hmm. uh, number three, Black Lives Matter leader stands behind January 6th prisoners and endorses Trump. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Number two, hospitals mur murdered COVID patients. The more they killed, the more money they made. You knew that. Yeah, well. Number one, it's no accident that two-thirds of the world's population fell for the greatest psychological fear campaign in human history. Perverse brainwashing techniques were thoroughly studied to get you jabbed. So, and the great thing is, he puts all the freaking receipts in here. Um, so, for Pfizer, mm-hmm. Uh, they were down. The I know because it's it's. Uh, well, fix. You can stop sharing it and share the new one, yep. so everybody can read it too. See that they brought all the receipts with them and said, "Here, here you go. This is where Pfizer's fucked up." Oh, uh, so only like two percent of people decided to take the most recent shot, um, which doesn't sound what it says, but uh, I, I've already heard that statistic which is still like eight million people but that's still a hell of a lot less that ran yeah. out and got the first initial dose um pfizer reported a significant 77 percent dip in their quarter two profits that's that's in the billions 77 percent it's in um, the billions their company's revenue revenue decreased by a larger margin than expected with a 54 percent drop to 12.7 billion compared to the 27.74 billion during the same time last year they went from 27.74 billion to 12.73 billion. I, I have one question Ooh, for all the doubters out there that tell me bye. that that listen on the, the periphery and love to post their comments on the outside. And we get them all the time. On Pfizer, Pfizer stock Ooh, getting oh, hit hard. Sorry. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Um, 
I got one question for you. If your vaccine works so well, why is it still not working? Yeah. Look at the numbers. The people aren't getting it. They don't want it. When you have lost numbers like that, that means you have overstock. That means you can't sell this shit. You can't give it away because nobody fucking wants it. So if your your vaccine works so well, why does it work so well? Yeah, because nobody wants it. Everybody knows someone that's either sick or dead from the jab at this point, honestly. Seriously, don't y'all. No one wants their new bullshit. All right, so. The new Paxlovid commercial. Huh. On Pfizer, Pfizer's stock getting hit hard in overtime. Angelica Peebles here with more on why. Angelica. That's right, Brian. Pfizer is slashing its guidance for the year. It's now saying that it expects about $1.45 to $1.65, and that's down from $3.25 to $3.45. And they're also expecting revenue of $58 to $61 billion, and that's down from $67 to $70 billion. And the biggest driver of this is reduced demand for their COVID products, of course, their COVID vaccine and their antiviral Paxlovid. And um, the company is also saying that they are going to cut costs because of this lower demand. The company expects to cut about a billion dollars this year. And they're also writing down some of that inventory. Um, the company is giving some of the Paxlovid supply back, or the U.S. government is giving it back to Pfizer. Um, that'll be an estimated eight, about 8 million doses of Paxlovid. But they're saying that um, now they're going to be able to commercialize Paxlovid for the private market going forward. So really a lot going on here. And it's what we've been expecting as the pandemic, um, that really emergency phase kind of winds down. And now we go into the endemic phase. No, 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 all right, let me let me lay this out for you correctly. No, we're not going into the endemic phase. There is no endemic. There was no pandemic. The pandemic was a fucking joke. The pandemic was all about Pfizer making a billion dollars. That's what the pandemic was about. The reason Pfizer ain't making a billion dollars anymore is because we realized the shots are killing humans. And we said, wait a minute. What you're supposed to give us is supposed to help us, but it's not. Um, you know, now, now they can sue Pfizer. Good. How is that possible? Oh, no. Now they've found that um, Pfizer knew that that cancer-causing DNA, the SV40, was in there. And they hid it from the FDA. In fact, what they tested was an entirely different formula from what they marketed. The test results that they gave the FDA was an entirely different formula for what they marketed. Hmm. And they're able to prove it. So class action lawsuits, here you come. Pfizer's about to go broke. Oh, yeah. Get on it. All right. So uh, number nine, Elon Musk sparks outrage with strong statement in defense of the Second Amendment. Elon, look at what you, you go. He says, uh, let's see, and wokeness said the past three plus years have been one long infomercial for the Second Amendment, lockdowns and vax mandates, months of race riots and looting, 
police are defunded, crime rages. Soros DAs let criminals roam free. Millions of illegals storm the border. Hillary calls for education. Elon says, as tragic as the mass shootings are, armed citizens are the essential to the defense of democracy. Uh-huh. And that's not the first time he said something about that because he's posted this picture. This was uh, last year, his bedside table. Yeah. Well, I didn't think he had a bed because I thought he slept slept at different people's houses every night. But apparently wherever he is, he has his gun and his picture on there. And then uh, in May of this year, explaining the constitutional amendment, the First Amendment is for sharing memes with friends. The Second Amendment is for when they try and stop me from sharing memes with friends. And using the keck frog both times. Of course. September of this year, hip firing my Barrett 50 cal. Dude. You know what's so sad about this? And look, I, I, I don't mind Elon. I like Elon. But dude, you have a Barrett with nothing on it, bro. <laughs> dude, that is so naked. It's not it's like a piston. Oh. It's a big piston with a bullet in it. Oh. Anyway. I bet Elon couldn't get more than one round off so, at a time. I bet he couldn't quick fire it. Everyone's freaking the fuck out. Blah, blah. What are the top comments? Fucking blah. Uh, Come on. When has an armed civilian actually stopped a mass shooting? (laughs) Right here. Hero cop stops mass shooter in Indiana Mall. Right there. What the? Yeah. Uh... This is people trying to make you believe something that does not exist. It's not real. Colorado club shooting armed veteran who stops suspected gunman says everybody was a hero. Yeah, see, there's plenty of those. So, um, Elon playing with a flamethrower. Like Elon, Elon likes his his two A. Hey, I like the fucking flamethrower. You know? but how do? Where does he keep it? He doesn't own a home. Uh, um, how does he have a state, a personal point of residency? Oh, and then uh, Donald Trump unleashes on the World Health Organization. In a new viral video. Well, hey, does he say? I don't know. Let's listen. Let's listen. Because I'll wait. I'm not going to. The World Health Organization has become nothing more than a corrupt globalist scam paid for by the United States, but owned and controlled by China. When the China virus reached our shores three years ago, the World Health Organization disgracefully covered the tracks of the Chinese Communist Party every single step of the way. For this reason, it was my great honor to terminate America's relationship with the World Health Organization. The United States was paying the World Health Organization almost $500 million a year. When I dropped out, I took it out of there. And for 330 million people, even though China was paying only $40 million for 1.4 billion people. So we had 330, they have 1.4, and we're paying more than 10 times the amount. That's typical for the United States because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Unfortunately, crooked Joe Biden foolishly re-entered the World Health Organization at the full price and without any negotiations or reforms. And now Biden is pushing to bypass the United States Senate to enter a pandemic treaty that would surrender American sovereignty to the World Health Organization, again, controlled by China. The draft treaty would require the United States to send vast quantities of medical supplies to other countries in the event of another pandemic, and it would push aggressive censorship of free speech on issues of public health. 
Just like they censored the truth about the Wuhan lab, which I said that's where it came from, remember. Under the next Trump administration, that treaty will be immediately terminated. I would not allow public health to be used as a pretext to advance the march of global government. That's what they're doing, globalists. The United States will withdraw from the corrupt World Health Organization, which, in light of its utter failure on COVID, they had a tremendous disaster on COVID, deserves to be completely abolished and replaced. Then I will work to forge a new coalition of nations that are strongly committed to protecting health while also upholding sovereignty and freedom. I want to thank you very much, but I also want to say this. I could have renegotiated the deal. I could have gone into the World Health Organization for $25 million. Biden didn't take that deal. He's paying almost $500 million. They were so anxious to get the United States back after I terminated the agreement. They were so anxious to get it back that they offered me a deal, 25 to $30 million. And I said, no, I'll wait. Could have gotten it for less, but I didn't want less at that point. We were paying almost 500 million. Could have done it for 25 to 30. Biden took the 500, almost the $500 million deal. He knew he could have gotten back in for less. So why did he pay so much? But that's just one of many things that are wrong with our country. Thank you very much. I, I, again, don't get me wrong. I like what he's saying. I agree. However, my first issue is, A, he's still kind of acknowledging COVID. B, he still hasn't said, hey, the vaccines are bad. I'm going to get rid of them. That's, those are the words. It's so simple. Say it. Say it and you have a solidified base. I don't understand what your fucking hang up is with this fucking jab. It didn't do anything but kill Americans. And only the real Americans see it. They're the ones screaming from the rooftops. Don't get the jab. Trump can't say it. I I, I don't know why. I don't know what his hang up with. Is it pride? Well, up in Canada, Sheila Lewis, she was denied a transplant Bring due to her, her vaccination status. Look at that when we get to the video. Uh, so in 2019, she was diagnosed with a terminal condition. She needed a transplant to survive. Sheila applied for a transplant, was approved, was literally next in line to receive the vital organs she needed. And then COVID hit. She lacked the correct form of protection. She had natural immunity, not vaccinated immunity. Doctors required Lewis to get jabbed. She declined, cited it, it violated her conscience and would infringe upon the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Consequently, she was demoted to the bottom of the list. So she legally challenged her demotion, um, asserting that the charter protected her right to decide what goes into her body. But her effort was unsuccessful. So expert win witness Dr. Bry Byram Bridal knows the doctors who destined Sheila to death, and he had a lot to say on that matter. I find this very emotional. So if you don't know about Miss Sheila Annette Lewis, you need to. Everybody needs to. All right? She died. She was allowed to die because she was denied a transplant here in Canada. This is the Canada that we live in, a country that we claim once people looked at us as a place to come to, a country that we could be proud. Everybody in the world wanted to come here because it was a great place to live. Now we live in a place where we deny people transplants 
and destined them to death. Horrid, horrible deaths. Because they won't take an experimental shot that doesn't work and that has way more dangers than anybody is willing to uh, admit to. So she was a mother of four, grandmother of two. She died at 58 years of age. She died a horrible death, suffocating, slowly suffocating. All right, that's just the reality. Bluntly, that's the reality. Horrible death. She was denied a life-saving transplant. And this is no exaggeration. And I'm telling you from experience, all right, a gag order was put on those who were involved in this trial because the doctors did not want anybody to know who they were. And no wonder when you know this story. I was an expert witness who served in the first court case, and they would not rule on the evidence. And that was part of the problem. Then it went to the Court of Appeal. And again, they wouldn't listen to the common sense that I'm going to share with you right now. And then the Supreme Court of Canada wouldn't even consider it. This is what our court system is like. This is the country. And we're supposed to be proud to be Canadians. This is no exaggeration. So actually, I can see here, if you look at this last line, this is the important thing. This is not a misstatement. You're reading it correctly. She was denied a life-saving transplant because she literally had demonstrable proof of robust immunity against SARS-CoV-2. But unfortunately, she did not get that immunity in the correct way. It came by the result of a natural infection. And she locked a piece of paper that certified two needles having gone into her shoulder. Is this, is this the main camera, by the way? Because at this point, there is a court order. As somebody who served as an expert witness, I'm sworn to not be able to release the names of the physicians, okay? And I will honor that. I serve the court, I take my service to the court seriously, I answered every question they asked me, and I told the truth to everybody. But I know who the physicians are. I know who you are, and you know who you are. And shame on you. You are responsible for the death of this woman, and you know it. Do no harm. Even doctors. Even, Justin called it. Even doctors won't be able to walk down the street. Yep. Do no harm. That is what is required by a doctor. How did they deny this lady? When they knew... Look. First of all, about Canada. Let's talk about Canada for a second. Mm. I got friends in Canada. One of my friends I haven't heard in for a very long time. He used to work for the Canadian CIA. Yep, they have one up there. Of course they do. Um, Is it just a subset he of went, MI6? He went with me. No, he went with me to Chernobyl. Um, he ended up, when we were in Chernobyl, he ended up, he ended up getting cancer. Um, almost dying from it. Um, good guy, real salt of the earth. He was a Canadian. Um, I never trusted him. Uh, I'll be honest with you, but that's because I was also playing the game. We didn't trust each other because we were both playing the game. We both knew what we were trying to do. We were both trying to score information off of each other. We knew exactly what we were doing, but in that we found respect for each other. But at the same time that we found respect for each other, we found that we were friends. And then he introduced me to his wife. Uh, I never got the chance to introduce him to mine. Unfortunately, 
because shortly after I had met him and everything had transpired and we had a really good time at this conference, it's a good time. Um, found out that we were on the same side of most everything except for a couple of things. And, um, then I realized, I don't know, we stayed in touch for a while via email. And then all of a sudden I stopped getting emails. And to understand who this gentleman was, one of the biggest threats he understood about Canada was this. The biggest thing the Canadians had to worry about was the Chinese. And he was an active proponent for trying to get Canada to stop taking in not only Chinese refugees, but also all the people that were stealing all the Canadian tech. Not that there's much. I mean, there's probably tech and ice skates, but in killing bears and whatnot, which they're pretty good at. Look, that tech and shit that the Chinese steal. One of the things, it's really hard for me, especially as an intelligence collector that I was, I did that job for a number of years. One of the things that's really hard for me right now to deal with is this Israel thing, right? One of the biggest thieves of our technology in the United States has been Israel. And I'm not going to put Israel on blast. Israel's just trying to do what any other country would do for their people. They're trying to keep themselves ahead of the game. But if you look over the last 20 years, 19 of the top spies that were caught were all Israeli. Why? Because they were trying to steal our technology. Why not? It's the cheapest way to get it. If you can steal it through a diplomat's pouch, what's the difference? It's the same thing. A di the only difference between a diplomat's pouch and your purse is that a diplomat's pouch can't be searched. Your purse, on the other hand, can be searched up, down, and sideways. I, I have an issue with this thing in Israel. Look, I want to feel sorry for Israel, but I don't. Because I know how much technology Israel has stolen from us. At the same time, though, I don't want to get involved in Israel. Let Israel take care of Israel. Keep our asses the fuck out of Israel. Because that is the fastest way to get the United States launched into the middle of World War III. And we're watching our commander and fuck up do it on a nightly basis and he's walking us right in saying hey look the americans will join no we won't that's where the difference is in this country the people no longer agree with the government when the people don't agree with the government it's time for the people to stand up that's what our constitution was written for that's what the declaration of independence was written for when the people no longer agree with the government, it's time for us to stand up, folks. Their psychological brainwashing is breaking. Their playbook. The psychological playbook, brainwashing technique to increase vaccine uptake. It's no accident that two-thirds of the world's population fell for the greatest psychological fear campaign in human history. Thoroughly studied brainwashing techniques were used. Here's how they pulled it off. Hmm. Um, yeah, look at that. Hmm. Yeah. Memes. Horse to wormer. <laughs> you, you all remember that shit. Yep. Uh, all these papers. 
testing persuasive messages about booster doses of COVID-19 vaccines on intention to vaccinate in Australian adults, a randomized control trial. The psychological Psychology of COVID-19 Booster Hesitancy, Acceptance and Resistance in Australia. Why Some People Are Hesitant to Receive COVID-19 Boosters, A Systematic Review. Impact of Physician Recommendation on COVID-19 Vaccination Intent Among Vaccine-Hesitant Individuals, and they go on and on. Testing Persuasive Messages About Booster Doses of COVID-19 Vaccines on Intention to Vaccinate in Australian Adults, a Randomized Control Trial. Mm. It's all a giant psyop. Look at the line and block chart. Jesus, they're drawing lines all over the fucking place. Mm -hmm. That should be like straight across, mm -hmm. straight across, straight. But no, they've got it going, echoing off of different ones. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely retarded. Uh, let's see why some people are hesitant to receive COVID-19 boosters. Systematic review. COVID-19 booster vaccine hesitancy rate in North America is highest at 41%. Well, good. We're getting through. Europe, 35%. Asia, 28%. South America, 28%. Younger people are more reluctant to take boosters. Thank God for that. Single or never married adults were more likely to be booster hesitant because they want to have kids down the road. Research on education and men versus women is mixed. Compared to other occupations, healthcare workers, allied health professions, housewives, administrative staff, and service workers were more likely to be booster hesitant. Why? Because they see the results. They see the end result. They're the ones that are seeing all the injuries coming in through the hospitals, through everywhere. The death, I mean, the death rates, we're watching mm -hmm. the death rates jump. You're Look, if you're an at-home mom, think about this. How many of you have seen the ambulance down around your neighborhood in the last six months? Did you ask a question? Why did you find out that somebody who had never had any heart problems all of a sudden heart, had a heart attack? Did you ask yourself, why did that happen? You know, when I had my little heart fart or whatever they called it, mm -hmm. yeah, that was scary enough. That yep. was enough for me to say, wait a minute, I got to change everything yep. because if I don't, this thing's going to kill me. I put it in my arm and I'm an idiot. Vaccine adverse events were the most frequently reported predictor of hesitancy. You don't say. Reduced booster hesitancy. Government mandates. Booster recommendations from family or healthcare and community workers. Increased booster hesitancy. When social networks or social media served as an important info source or other factors. Political messages discouraging boosters. Belief in natural immunity. Boosters are unnecessary. Personal health is in God's hands. COVID-19 is similar to the seasonal flu. Okay, but do you see the difference there? It's all in in it's all health. Phrase it. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Personal health in God's hands. Boosters are unnecessary. Belief in natural immunity. They put that as a detractor from getting the vaccine. Belief in why even fucking retarded flip-flop fucking Fauci came out two times and said belief in natural immunity. Everybody has natural immunity. And then he flip-flopped and he said, well, nobody has that natural. Well, which is it? So when your science is Fauci, that's the problem. Yep. Um, but this is, uh, 
interesting. Now, some of these videos in here are like 30, 45 minutes long. So obviously we're not going to play them. Um, but this is, this is interesting. This is the Black Lives Matter leader. Patrice Colors? No. No. She was the, the original, though. Yeah, no. This dude. Oh. Stands behind the J6 prisoners and endorses Trump. Black Lives Matter leader stands behind J6 prisoners and endorses Trump. Scroll down to his video. This is what the government does to those who express independent thought and want to stand up for what they believe, said Mark Fisher. I don't know that there's a video in here. Yeah, right there. Oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. I think that's about that's about the um, former, former Proud Boy leader sentenced to 22 years in prison over January 6th. Ah, here it is. Look at that. Let, let's talk about the money because definitely uh, Black Lives Matter organization pulled in a lot of money in, in 2020. I mean. Pause it and then. No, it won't. Let well, me. Uh, stop sharing it and blow it up that way. Okay. No, you are not listening. I told you, stop, remove this mm -hmm. and see if you can add it to the stage that way. No. Oh, of course, I can't find it. Why would I be able to find it? Because it would be right there. Hmm. Why can't you blow it up? I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. We can blow it up that way. Yep. Oh, no, you're not. See, did you see the message? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Go for it. Share it that way. That works, too. Stunning, stunning amounts of money uh, for organizing. Um, some of it from small donors, like maybe the kind that, that, that you know, both groups that you just described. Um, but then also some pretty massive money from philanthropists, foundations. All of them from, well, a lot of it from Nike and companies that you have to wonder why they're giving um, Black Lives Matter so much money. But but also a lot of it is for, from foundations, philanthropic foundations that have been supporting leftist causes for a long time. And and just to be clear, there's there's kind of been, it's not always direct, right? This The way this money flows, it's kind of an op op a bit opaque. Well, it's, inc it's incredibly opaque. You give your money to to act blue, which then takes a cut and gives the money to, for example, the Tides Center, Tides Foundation, mm -hmm. which is a financial sponsor of BLM GNF. Mm. So, so act blue is one layer. Then the money goes to 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 to, to Tides Center, and 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 BLM GNF has no need, no no legal need to be transparent with what it does with the money, or or you have. Warren Buffett's family, his son uh, uh, Peter, or the Soros family, his son Alexander. Um, or you have the Alliance for Global Justice, which was actually started by people who were in Nicaragua. And so they need to say, no, go back to your country and change your country. And sure enough, they have. Well, they're attempting to. These are all longtime supporters of the left. And so you you do mention in in the book that uh, a lot of these big donors, you know, clearly the the money was raised very much through capitalist means. It's money that comes from uh, uh, you know capitalism being employed, but being used to 
effectively subvert capitalism as, as a goal. Yeah, I, I believe it was 1972 when the grandson of Henry Ford, Henry Ford III, finally walked out of the Ford Foundation, left, left him a letter saying, all this money that you use for anti-capitalist causes was created by capitalism. I think we should be able, you should be aware of that. Uh, and again, I'm not a psychologist. I don't really understand what motivates somebody who's made money in a for-profit company. The thing the communists hate, profit. The fact, you know, alienating labor and alienating surplus value, that's what profit is. And that's the thing they hate the most. Um, well, all that money was created by surplus value. And, uh, and yet they're using it to kill this, the system that produced it. So what's really interesting is that a lot of these, I guess, policies, you know, advocated by um, the BLM organizations and so where they ostensibly, the idea is to alleviate poverty. They're supposed to basically create actual social justice, but you argue that that they kind of do the opposite. Well, when you look at the the, the surplus murders, in 2020, which the media, the New York Times, the Atlantic, and the rest of the media trying to say, was, well, it's COVID. No, it wasn't COVID. The rest of the world had COVID. The rest of the world had lockdown. The rest of the world had people losing their jobs. The mystery that came with COVID, they haven't had. Can you stop this real quick? Because this guy's fucking boring as shit. Yeah, he really all. is. But let me go ahead and kill this guy right here. Let me just shoot him really quick. Um, hey, dude, you guys are scared. Mm -hmm. everybody's scared no 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 no. blm scared mm -hmm. they're scared that the rest of america is going to come after them now there's a, actually a lot of people who are scared check this actually do, do you have the one that i sent you of um there's one that was uh is uh, the, the view had the view on it i sent sent it to you today Grab that one from the view because that one is huge. No, that's funny, but we'll bring that up after, right after that. That'll be the next one. Let's see. Did you get it? I did it before. Did uh, you get I hit the YouTube, so. The YouTube. -y. The YouTube. -y. That's one. Yeah. Bring this up. Because I want you guys to list. You want to hear fear. This is true fear. You can just blow this up and make it full screen. Can't you? Play it. Yeah. I'm this. sorry I got to do this to you all, but check this out. This is true fear. Rachel Mad Dog Maddow. She's scared as shit. Watch this. This is humorous. It's to put MSNBC on trial for treason so yeah. that he can execute us. It's to put MSNBC on trial for treason so yeah. that he can execute us. One more time to put msnbc on trial for treason so yeah. that he can execute us yes seriously kind of yes that's kind of what i'm looking at a matter of fact 90 percent of america's looking at that going why did you tell us to go put jabs on our arms why did you tell us that all these riots are so peaceful and then you told us that ukraine was real <laughs> Look, Joe, it's so obvious. 
Joe is turning his funding scheme around. He's changing it from Ukraine to Israel because he knows he's not going to get any more money out of Ukraine. He's done the same shit the mob did to small business owners for fucking years. They raped them for every dollar they had. They had them run up their credit lines and then they cut them loose. But do you remember why those all those riots in 2020 started? Black Lives Matter. Why? Now, why though? What was the what was the trigger? Oh, Donald Trump. No, 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 no. It was George Floyd. Remember? Oh, uh, true. George true, Floyd. True. It was George Floyd. George Floyd. Yeah. It's true. Oh, I'll give you that. You know what's come out now? Uh, George Floyd died from fentanyl. Uh, yeah, not asphyxiation. Not asphyxiation. He died from fentanyl. Dude, come, no, I didn't want that. Are you kidding me? What did you just do? Come, uh, where the fuck is the video? This should be a video. It's not. Oh, all right, fine then. It should be in there. Ah, uh, there it is. All right, hold on. I have to stop you have to this. Reshare it. Yeah, it's a different screen. Sometimes it does that. Sometimes it doesn't. There it is. All the time it does that. I know. Now that we know that it was not, in fact, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, now that we know that Ukraine is not actually winning the war against Russia, it could be time to revisit some of the other slogans we've been assured are true and ordered to repeat. Are they, in fact, true? Did, for example, a racist white cop actually murder a man called George Floyd, a civil rights leader, in Minneapolis on Memorial Day of 2020? Now, we've been told that that happened, told it relentlessly for more than three years. So at this point, we've been told it so much that pretty much everybody seems to believe it. And because everyone does kind of believe it, a small group of people has been allowed to make massive changes to American society. They include, but are not limited to, decriminalizing stealing, defunding the police, adding a new federal holiday to the calendar called Juneteenth, the ceasing of hiring all white men in corporate America, and of course, significantly, they also sent a cop called Derek Chauvin to prison for more than 40 years. He would be the racist white devil who murdered George Floyd. But the question is, did he actually murder George Floyd? And the answer is, well, no, he didn't murder George Floyd. And we're not guessing about that. We know it conclusively, thanks to a new court case now underway in Hennepin County, Minnesota. The case was brought by a prosecutor there called Amy Sweezy. Okay, I'm going to deal with this once, one time only. Listen up. There are things I put up with, things I don't put up with. The first thing I put up with, I, I don't put up with, you threaten people in my chat, you're fucking gone. Look, Mark Jason Walker, you've been in both chats. Okay. Kicked you from both. Now you're fucking gone. All right. I gave you a chance. I gave you a choice. Period. You fucked around. I told you don't go after my people. You went after my people. You're done. Peace. Have a nice life. Hey, don't go away mad. Just go away. I'm done with this shit. Stop with the fucking drama. Stop being fucking kids. That's not what this is for. You want to be a fucking kid? Go join a fucking game room chat room. That'll get you somewhere. It ain't going to get you anywhere in here. I don't need your fucking drama. We got enough with these douchebags that are in charge of us. Fuck. 
What happened, LG? Mark Jason Walker got banned from the Rumble chat last week because he decided to threaten me as uh, as well as a bunch of y'all in the Rumble chat. So kicked him out of there. Um, then he just went in the pill chat and decided to uh, I'm just not carry putting on up with the same look, bullshit. Stop. And we're not I'm not it. putting up with it. I just don't give a fuck. All right, look, we have way more bigger shit to deal with than fucking going after each other. The worst part about this stupid movement is some days we're fucking just as retarded as the left. When you threaten somebody, that's it. You, you don't threaten people. It's that simple. Especially not his wife. Yeah, I literally have killed people for this. Yes. Anyway. It's okay, LJ. Everyone had to know what was going on. Because that's we we do not like to censor people. We do not like to block people. In fact, I think he's the first Ever. active listener that we've blocked, and we block fucking trolls all the time. But um that's where we draw the line. When Look, you threaten people, especially people in the chat, ass these are kicked the fuck out. If you consider yourself a member of the wolf pack and a member of the family, act like it. If you have a disagreement, have it. We had a disagreement with Leo yesterday. Did you hear me raise my voice? Did you hear me lose my shit? No. I said, you have your opinion. I have mine. I, I, I don't understand why we look. People are going to have differences of opinion. Remember, 70%. That's the goal you're looking for. As long as you marry up on 70% worth of the issues, the other fucking 30% shit, give it to the wolves. They'll figure it out. This is, it's fucking stupid sometimes. We are the dumb, we eat our own. We're idiots for it. I'm all about free speech. But when you start threatening people, fuck you. No, that doesn't work here. Grow up, pull your big boy panties on, and stop being a bitch. Period. Thunder. 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 Thunder kicks. Get the fuck oh. out of here. Oh. Oh. You get a thunder kicks for that one, babe. All right. She's suing her boss. So the case is not actually about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin, but it tells you an awful a lot about both of them. In her deposition, which you should read, Amy Sweezy describes a conversation that she had with the county medical examiner, Andrew Baker, right after George Floyd died. Quote, I called Dr. Baker early that morning to tell him about the case and to ask him if he would perform the autopsy on Mr. Floyd. Sweezy recalls all this under oath in the deposition. Quote, he called me later in the day on that Tuesday and he told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. Oh. In other words, George Floyd, according to the official autopsy, was not murdered. He died instead of what we used to call natural causes, which in his case would include decades of drug use, as well as the fatal concentration of fentanyl that was in his system on his final day. So this was not a killing. It was yet another narcotics OD in a country that courts more than 100,000 of them every year. The medical examiner clearly understood that and in fact articulated it. And Sweezy explains. He said to me, she recalls in the deposition, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? And then he said, quote, this is the kind of case that ends careers. In other words, everyone lied about it from the very beginning. 
The people who knew the truth hid the truth and allowed the revolution to proceed. Now they've been exposed. Now we know the truth. What happens next? Well, they're going to ignore it. The Biden administration just issued a long purple statement celebrating George Floyd's birthday. He's a martyr. Despite the fact we know that he was not murdered. And by the way, Derek Chauvin is still languishing in jail for the rest of his life. So how do we respond to this? How do we respond to the truth once we have it? Well, Vince Everett Ellison seemed like a good man to ask. He's the author of Crime, Inc. He joins us now. Vince, thanks so much for coming on. So as with so many other stories, the oh, origin of, me, of COVID, oh, it's, it's a blessing to have you. Um, we now know what actually happened, but the question then is what do you do with that knowledge? We know that the U.S. government, Tony Fauci, worked with the Chinese to create the virus that overturned the American economy, but like, what do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with the knowledge that George Floyd was not actually strangled to death by a cop? We have to acknowledge the people that gave it to us and why. See, George Floyd is the Democratic Party's prototypical black man. These are the black men they are trying to create. So George Floyd has to be elevated. He has to be celebrated. He's perfect to them. He was poor. He was uneducated. He was a drug addict. He didn't have a job. He was, the, he was uh, uh, down there begging and, and, and crying and asking the white people to not kill him. To a Democrat, to a white Democrat, this is the perfect black man. So he has to be elevated. Look, not a, a few days ago, uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden celebrated hip hop music. They had a celebration of hip hop. Hip hop culture is America's culture. It is a genre. It is music and melody and rhyme. And hip hop is also an ethos. A music genre that calls the black man the N-word, calls women the W-word and the B-word. Uh, talks about misogyny, shooting police. Real, real, real quick, not only that, causes men the N-word, causes women bitches, calls women whores, sluts. Um, you know, I, I saw a funny- Denigrates the nuclear family, I, I, encourages gun violence and I, drug usage. I forgot to send this to you. I wish I did. There, there was another ex-chat I was- scrolling through i found this one and it it was this nun she saw like two women like making out in the street and she walked up to him and she stopped oh yeah him. i've seen that she separated them yep she said what are you doing we've put that on here she's she, no she said it in italian she mm -hmm. said what are you doing and the two women looked at him goes what it's a photo shoot she's like yeah but god can see you And, and the two women didn't even think about that. They didn't even, it didn't even cross their mind that what they were doing was an abomination to him. And you could see that the two women were holy because the second they realized that the sister came in, separated the two of them and said, what are you doing? The two women looked at each other. What are we doing? Is this worth the money for our souls? I mean, Think about it every time that you do this shit. Is it worth... This guy's right. Is rap music worth your soul? Think about the lyrics to rap music. They talk about capping motherfuckers. They talk about shooting motherfuckers. They talk about Xing out their crips and their bloods and all that other shit. Not all of it, but a good portion of it. A good of portion it. of it. Yeah. 
he's not right. It's, it's been putting, or he's not wrong. He's, it's been putting people in the wrong light for years. Um, uh, um, smoking dope, selling dope, fighting, killing, acting a fool. They celebrated this genre. Why? Because this is how they see black. Now, now hold on. The, the dope part. Look, if it's, if it's cocaine, I gotcha. If it's heroin, I gotcha. But when you start crossing the line into marijuana, I kind of call a, a yeah, foul but selling on it to kids and promoting it to kids is very different. Yes, that is very different. Okay. And if you keep pausing it, we're gonna I go over tribute. Tonight. I America, they see us the same way they see George Floyd, and they have to make more of us because everywhere they rule, you know, John F. Kennedy stood in front of the um, uh, Berlin Wall in the '60s and said, "If you think that communism is great, let them come to Berlin." Well, if you think that the Democratic Party is great, let them come to Detroit. Let them come to Chicago. Let them come to St. Louis. Let them come to LA, Portland, Seattle, Memphis. Anywhere where they rule, you'll see George Floyd's all over the place. And they're proud of them. In Baltimore, Maryland, they spend $21,000 per child for, for, for every child up there in, in, inside the school district. Not one school is proficient in math, science, or reading. But they keep it going every year. Why? Because they're producing George Floyd's. But and George I, Floyd's vote for the Democrat Party. But why would, so when most of us, you, me, I think all normal people look at George Floyd's life, you think this is a disaster. This guy never added anything. He took a lot in prison at least eight times. I mean, his life was a tragedy at best. Why would you want more people like that? Because he votes for the Democrat Party. And then he teaches his children to vote for the Democrat Party. Uh, and then these white Democrats can feel superior to him. He can be controlled by them. Just like, think about the old slave plantation, Tucker, back in the day. How they wanted their slaves to act. Subservient, obedient, ignorant. You know, uh, uh, doing what he was told. Not asking any questions. Uh, having a slave mind. Being dependent on them. This is how they want black men to be in America. This is how they want the whole black community to be. This is why... Uh, it started in the Civil Rights Movement when Martin Luther King Jr. in his I Have a Green speech said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. He said five times in that speech that we were not free. It turned the Declaration of Independence on its head because in our Declaration of Independence, it said that our freedom was an unalienable right given us by God. John Locke in his Second Treatise of Government said that an unalienable right is a right given from God. It is irrevocable, non-transferable, and, 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 and unsellable. The government cannot touch it. It supersedes law. It supersedes the Constitution. However, King said that we was coming to government and to the white man for our right to be free. Even at the end of the speech, he said, on some certain day, we'll be free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. He said in that speech, when will we be satisfied? He said, we will never be satisfied until justice rolls down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. That's a fancy way of saying never. And so black people heard that speech and said that we were not free here in America. And we make our children recite that speech every single year on King's birthday. And they say in that speech, the Negro is still not free. George Floyd was a slave in his mind. And the civil rights movement caused him to be a slave in his mind. And today they're still marching, 60 years later, telling black people, you're not free. Beg for reparations. Beg for affirmative action. Kill your children in the womb. Uh, cut off your, your, your child. You castrate your children. 
Let drag queens come into school and shake their behinds in your children's faces. Run God out of the public square. And then they end up like George Floyd. But the one thing they do consistently is they vote for the Democrat Party and the places where George Floyd's live, they stay in absolute power. That's a pretty that's a pretty dark explanation. So you're saying that the Democratic Party as an organization intentionally degrades black black people to keep them compliant and obedient. Oh, yes. In my book, Crime Inc., I talk about one of the main things they do, like the, like the mafia and organized crime, they humiliate black people. They demoralize them. It's a Marxist construct. They demoralize their people. They beat them down. They tell them that they're victims. Well, it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said, they tell you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, how can you pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you're bootless? You know, he told us we were bootless. You know, you have black uh, uh, preachers, and, and you've heard, you know about my Iron Triangle, the black preacher, the black politician, the black civil rights worker. They go into the black community. Consistently, you're a victim. You're oppressed. The country hates you. Well, see, I look at them and I say, I'm a black man, but I cannot be oppressed. You know why? Because I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I cannot be a victim. Why? Because I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. I cannot be a victim. See, they tell these people to go against their religion and their basic ideology because most black men say they're Christians, right? But then they walk around saying, I'm oppressed. I'm a victim. I'm afraid. 365 times in our Bible, they tell us to fear not. Yet they walk around saying they're afraid in, in, in the United States of America. LeBron James said he's afraid. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says he's afraid. Kaepernick said he's afraid. Well, I'm a black man in America, and I'm not afraid of a damn thing. I don't ask for permission in my own house. America is my home. So as they walk around here crying, talking about I'm frightened, I'm afraid, I can't make it, please help me, I tell them they stink in my nostrils. They're an affront to God. The flip side of white male intimidation during the civil rights was also black male cowardice. They laid down and let them beat them, slap them around, rape their wives and their children. Well, no, not me, never me. I'm a free man. I live in the United States of America. They say it's an honor to be that, it's, that there's white supremacy and that uh, 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 white people have some type of privilege. Well, as I said before, it is a privilege to be white, but it's also a privilege to be black. And it's a privilege to be an American. And it's really a, pri a privilege to be a Christian in the United States of America, the greatest country on the face of this earth. And they're not gonna make a George Floyd out of me. I stand up strong. I look them in the eye and I say, I'm a free man. My freedom comes from God. It's an unalienable right given to me by him. You cannot touch it. And if you try it, I got two things that'll get you off of me. Jesus and my 38. Come try me out. <laughs> so, so the Democratic Party used BLM as a, as a domestic militia in the last presidential cycle, 2020, to defeat Donald yeah. Trump. Do you expect something like that to happen again? Well, you see how they use the same tactics as Iran. Iran has Hezbollah and Hamas as their militias. And the Democratic Party uses BLM and Antifa as theirs, throwing yeah. the rock and hiding the hand. Of course they're going to do it. They've always done it. Even at the beginning, they used the Ku Klux Klan for, 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 the, for, for their military reign. Now they're using BLM. They're using Antifa. They're using NAACP. And they're their suicide bombers. They're their shock troops. They're their brown shirts. They're their street soldiers. And they're going to go out there, and I guarantee you, Tucker, they're going to, they're going to look over all the black-on-black -black violence. They're going to look over all the black men killing black men. They're going to look over all the snatching grabs and all the burning and all the fighting and looting and acting the fool. And they're going to find one crazy white cop that's going to do something to some crazy black man. And then they're going to try to burn this country down. 
for it. That's their plan. That's their template. I hope America's ready for it because it's coming. And it always works for them. It always works because the, the press and everybody's just waiting. Oh, they're on, the, they're, on the, they're, they're on the starting line just waiting for it. And as soon as they find that golden kill, that golden kill, watch them go crazy with it. BLM is going to start getting that money from the Democrat Party because that's who they get it from. The same way that Hamas gets their money from Iran. The, the, uh, BLM gets their money from the Democrat Party. And BLM does not stand for Black Lives Matter. It stands for burn, loot, and murder. And that's what we should call them from now on. Vince Everett Ellison, Bible in the 38. It's great to see you today. Thank you very much. I like I like that guy. That guy's on fire. And uh, I, I tell you what, he's right. You ready for this one? I just looked it up. Wikipedia. The Caucasian race. You ready for this one? Mm -hmm. The Caucasian race, also known as Caucasoid or Europoid or Europoid. I can't even pronounce it. U-E-U-R-O-P-O-I-D. Is an obsolete racial classification of humans based on a now disproven theory of biological race. A now disproven theory of biological. So now if you're white, you no longer exist. This is how far they're willing to go. Mm -hmm. That should scare you. I think we should smoke early. I don't. I I think we should go on. There's humor to play. I have. I sent you plenty of humor. I mean, I I know you did. And there's lots of humor in there. That's really funny. I'll tell you what. Well, let's, uh, let's do that one. Let's do this. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. One of my more favorite wow. ones that I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. All right. Play it and pause it and do your thing. Because I, I know you got to do it. And I already got the volume turned down so you can mm-hmm. add it and do your thing and pause. use the officer. Okay. I'll use the office of sheriff, the power I do have without arguing over a bill or law that's being passed. I have the ability to swear in citizens as deputy sheriffs. I have no limit on the number. I don't have a limit to my county borders. And as I told them in Richmond, and I mean it today, just as well if Congress chooses to go down that road, I will swear in tens of thousands of citizens as deputy sheriffs, provided they have their own weapons and be on call and available to me for service. And they will be allowed to keep those AR-15s, high capacity magazines and whatever else it is, generally speaking, that, that's being talked about through all the, the chatter and, and rhetoric. Um, these people are not gonna suddenly, because they're sworn in as my deputy sheriff, start to run out and commit crimes and do th- bad things with the guns they've owned for, for decades. They're citizens that elected me into office to protect them and, and protect their rights. And that's one way I can use the power of my office. I'm gonna use the office of sheriff, the power I do have without arguing over a bill. I, I hope this man does it. That's the guy that they've been coming after, by the way. Please do it. I, I'm serious, do it. Because when that happens, <laughs> folks, I'm telling you, your sheriff's got a lot more power than you all think. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second you become a sworn off law enforcement officer, you're allowed to carry whatever guns the cops got. And if he's going to swear in a bunch of people, I'll, I'll raise my hand. I have plenty of guns. I'll even get some away to just arm other people just so we have the same amount of guns. 
Just saying. Just so we're all even. I mean, you can use them while you're here, but. No, I mean, if you're a sheriff, I mean, I'll give them to you. I'm not so. big on that. I um, add. You know what? This is a, a Trump ad narrated by Tucker. There really? You go. Yeah. Bring it back to the beginning. Add. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency. And it's every bit as true right now. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world, but our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in this country. Look, I, I, I love Tucker. I, I, At least he's not blowing Vivek Ramaswamy anymore. Well, I, I, I get that, but it's, it's, it's just because he's seen the numbers. I know. That's it. That's exactly Folks, it. Folks, you can, you can do the same shit I do. Uh, there's three websites. The big one is the, the St. Paul Tribune Review, which is the one I normally go to. It's the, it's got the uh, big spread of all the numbers in the country. It tracks all the polls. You can do it too. You can take the numbers and take the polls and look at the numbers and figure it out for yourself. And you can see nobody's going to beat him. Nobody's going to beat him. I know that. I can't. But we're not going to get there. I, I I can't go against that. But what I can't do is stand idly by while he is saying over and over again, go get another vaccine. I can't idly stand by and just let him say that and not question him on it. When we don't believe it and he knows we don't for him to say that he knows that we don't give a shit about the vaccine is, is hard for me to believe that he has not heard that more than once from more than one American. Yeah. I find that hard. Hey babe. Yeah. It's about that. Time. You want to get high? You get the lighter in the, there. I see. Oh, there it is. Boom. Got them both. Yeah. Sweet. The red lighter died today. Hey. You all know what time it is. If you got it, you can smoke it. You can do it. It's I took time. the torch and the lighter out to the fire pit so I could burn some some of the stuff uh, from the wood that I cleaned. 
and get some wood ash so that when I plant the squash, I can plant the wood ash with it and it keeps the squash bore away. And I got out there and the lighter was dead. I was like, motherfucker. And I had to go searching through the house looking for a damn other lighter. Sucks since, you know, we only smoke weed now. Like, we only have really usually one or two lighters in the house. Shit sucks. When we used to smoke cigarettes, you know, we always had a lighter around, but. Anyway. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you all right now. If you guys are, I, I know some of you, you're probably like me and her mom and her family. You've, You've smoked cigarettes. Lighter thieves. You, you, your whole entire lives. Um, yep. Let me tell you something. A couple of things I do believe. I do believe cigarettes do cause cancer. Because, you know, her whole family smoked. My whole family smoked. My grandfather smoked, died of leukemia. Died of lung cancer. Lung cancer or leukemia? Two totally different things. Well, he had both. But he died from lung cancer. But he had leukemia when okay it was like a, yeah. a joint thing he was he had a really really bad parasites yeah but i've watched her family die off literally die off in my face from smoking I, i'm not one for the anti-smoking kick i don't give a shit if you smoke cigarettes or not because i do this stupid shit so what's the problem but I look at it this way. One thing I have noticed. Um, she used to be bad. She used to cough all the time. Like oh, yeah. she could not do this before when she was smoking. Now she I, would be I coughing constantly. the whole fucking time on the show. Yep. And I told her, I, I eventually, when her uh, aunt died, I asked her, I said, okay, so when are we going to stop? I said, because I can't do it without you and you can't do it without me. And one of us has to be here to see the kids graduate from high school. And it's probably not going to be him. So you need to quit smoking. Now, I think you're going to be here to see the kids graduate from high school. But at the time, it was definitely touch and go. I mean, you, you have to, folks, you, you got to start looking at shit logically. There's a reason. I, when we had the lucky strikes back in the day and they didn't have a filter on them. Those are the cigarettes I actually trusted. You know why? There were no chemicals. There were no other bullshit I mean, added your, to the roll tobacco. Your, roll your own tobacco. You know, that's not so bad. You have nicotine receptors like you have cannabinoid receptors. Yeah. There's, not as many, but yeah. Your cannabinoid receptors are actually a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. And when you start smoking weed, you actually don't even want cigarettes anymore. I noticed. I, I've noticed at least. Oh, yeah. That's why Justin sold the CBD pre-rolls as a way to quit smoking because the pre-roll actually stops. It actually has the same inhibitor that the, that cannabis has that THC has. Uh, it stops the same inhibitor in your stops you wanting that nicotine. Did you ever notice when you were high, you didn't smoke as many cigarettes? No, no, you didn't because you stopped getting high years ago. No, I didn't. 
No, you stopped getting high years ago. Oh yeah, no, I I didn't stop smoking weed, but I stopped no, getting high I know. years ago. You yeah. stopped getting high years I ago. I stopped getting high like fucking 30 years ago. Yeah, Seriously. I know. I've been smoking since I was like 15. We all know that. So and you've told everybody. I know. You have a long industrial career in the weed business. We get it. I'm 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 a long time. It was funny when you actually stumped Justin. I, I used to say that was stump the chump, and you did a pretty good job of it. You were like, Hey, is that a coal roll or is that a is that hot? How do you do that? And cold man, press. he cold was like, press versus hot press. Oh shit. You know what you're talking you cold about. Press weed. Then, um, some CBD molecules are very sensitive to heat. So when you do it in high batch and you hot, hot press it, then you break down those specific cannabinoids that actually block things like the COVID. A, B, C, yeah. So the, when the you big, cold, the higher end cannabinoids, which are higher, harder to get. Mm -hmm. So when you cold press in small batch, like Justin did, then you you're able to retain those, the high content, cannabinoids. high yeah. CBD content that you want the, not the shit you don't want. The shit you don't want is when you burn it or the THC yeah. side of it is when you burn it. So, so you don't want that. You want it right up to that, but just below that. That's how you keep the THC out of CBD, if you're wondering. Yes, classical chick. That's how I was too. I'd finish a bowl, I'd smoke a bowl, and then I would have a cigarette. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exactly how she was. Yeah, always. So. I just anyway. couldn't get behind that. I know. Because I thought always we tasted really good. And he wasn't allowed to smoke, so yeah, it was hard. Anyway, it was really hard. So uh, I have no idea how much discipline it took for me for thirty plus years to not smoke weed, mm -hmm. and I had many opportunity. And I, I said no. I know, I know you did. Anyway, um, check this out, Bill Mayer. <laughs> I love it when the left starts to eat themselves. It's fantastic. This is great. And finally, Nuru, as an Ivy League graduate who knows the value of a liberal education, I have one piece of advice for the youth of America. Don't go to college. <laughs> and if you absolutely have to go, don't go to an elite college, because as recent events have shown, it just makes you stupid. <laughs> There are few, if any, positives to come out of what happened in Israel, but one of them is opening America's eyes to how higher education has become indoctrination into a stew of bad ideas, among them the simplistic notion that the world is a binary place where everyone is either an oppressor or oppressed. In the case of Israel, oppressors being babies and bubbas. The same students who will tell you that words are violence and silence is violence were very supportive when Hamas terrorists went on a rape and murder rampage worthy of the Vikings. They knew where to point the fingers at the murdered, and then it was off to ethics class. <laughs> now, now, I recognize that a certain amount of foolishness is expected of college kids, but Mixing Jägermeister and tomato juice isn't the same as siding with terrorists. <laughs> 34 student groups at Harvard signed a letter that said the apartheid regime is the only one to blame, proving they don't know what constitutes apartheid. They don't know much of anything, actually. But it doesn't deter them from having an opinion. They've convinced themselves Israel is the most repressive regime in history because they have no knowledge of history or even a desire to know it. 
and actual history doesn't come up in their intersectionality of politics and gender queer identities class. <laughs> now, to be fair. Now, listen. Listen up. Stand by. Relax. Chill. I'm not saying he's on our side. I, I don't believe for one second that this cocksucker is on our side at all. What I do believe is what he's saying. It's gotten that bad for them. Think about this for a second. First of all, Bill Mayer is Jewish. You all know that. I know that. Everybody here knows that. This is not a man who pretends to be something else. He shows up every night. He looks just like that. If you approached a man like that on the street, please be racial, be a racist right now. Please tell me how you would identify this man. Initially, the first thought that comes to mind, I look at him, he's Jewish. Why? Because he has more money on his face than I do on my body. And he's in New York City. And he's in New York City. And he's a white man with a big nose and a pair of glasses. Yeah. Sorry. It's just what kind of what it is in New York City. I'm just telling you right now, the rims on his face right now cost everything that's to include my handgun to include that. Besides that's the, the everything the on my body. Mm -hmm. No, he's yep. He's his glasses alone cost more than everything I'm wearing right now. His glasses do automatically. I associate him with being a Jew. Now, do I believe that he's on my side? No. Do I believe what he's saying here is true? Yeah. Do I believe there's a certain percentage of liberals that after the last recent weeks and what took place in Israel, and I'm not giving either side any, any shed of glory because I've got some anger for both sides, both the savages and the Israels, Israelites, I, I both of them. Because they've done as much dirty shit to us as they've done to their own people. I can only imagine what they're doing to the people in the Gaza Strip. Do I agree with what they're doing? Yes, to an extent. Do I believe all wife, life should be obliterated? No. I have, there. even I have a level. A line. There's, there's you, you don't cross a certain line. There are certain people that are not behind this, even though I know how young they start them in Palestine. I know exactly how young they start them. They start them at the age of two. They hold guns at that age. I've seen the videos. They're disgusting. They go to school carrying guns. I understand. But... Do I also agree with the Israel strife in this? Absolutely. Because you come in, you kill fucking 1,200. I'm going to kill fucking 3,300 of okay. your people. Well, we'll we're going to get to that in a little bit. Let's let him finish here. Because we're going to go into that. At least five of the student groups have rescinded what they signed, saying they didn't read the letter closely. <laughs> and they promised not to make that mistake again after they graduate and start running the world. But I, I, 
actually believe them that they didn't read the letter closely. I think they scanned it, said it was blaming Israel, and went back to surfing TikTok. <laughs> because college life today is a day spa combined with a North Korean re-education camp. It's a daycare center with a meal plan, except the toddlers can fire the adults. The fact that college presidents, who usually love to speak out about anything, couldn't find their voice to condemn the worst attacks in the Holocaust is a lot about who really controls colleges and why, if ignorance is, is, is a disease, Harvard Yard is the Wuhan wet market. Not that colleges didn't always have professors with radical beliefs. I know, I used to sell them weed. <laughs> but the reason why despising Israel became pretty much a requirement of the American left is colleges, elite colleges, the mouth of the river from which this and all manner of radical left, illiberal, yes, illiberal, nonsense flows. Supporting all black, that is, segregated dorms, segregated graduation ceremonies and orientation programs, which occur on hundreds of campuses, is illiberal. So is the racism against Asian applicants and chasing speakers off of campus. <laughs> when the First Amendment Watchdog Group Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression began ranking colleges based on their commitment to free speech and inquiry, Harvard came in dead last. There's only one set of acceptable opinions on campus and it's policed hard. The old dorm room bull sessions, it's less risky shooting the shit in Scientology. <laughs> John, John Stuart Mill wrote that he who knows only his own side of the case knows little to which today's college students respond, he and his are cis pronouns. <laughs> that commit violence against queer and BIPOC communities. So who cares what John Stuart Mill says, whoever he is. Oh, and Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder. He might've done some other stuff, but it wasn't on the test. <laughs> Elite schools should no longer be called elite. Just say expensive. <laughs> Which may be why they breed a particular brand of detestable graduate, a personality type that does not emerge from Chico State. <laughs> sure, they occasionally turn out some indecent, but for every Barack Obama, there are two Josh Hawleys. The former debate team jerk-off who had no friends that no one likes today and yet somehow manages to win a statewide popularity contest. Box-checking brown-nosers who don't actually believe anything except that tricking stupid people's fun. That's That's, that's why it is so repulsive when they pander for votes from Mama June and the Flat Earthers because huh, they just hate elitists. Yeah, look at these truck driving he-men from the tool aisle at Sam's Club. 
Vivek Ramaswamy, Yale and Harvard. Ron DeSantis, Yale and Harvard. Ted Cruz, Princeton and Harvard. Pat Robertson, George W. Bush, Tom Cotton, Mike Pompeo, Bill O'Reilly, Steve Bannon, Jared Kushner, most of the Supreme Court. There's a special magic that links Harvard types and being utterly face punchable. <laughs> And some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> and while it may seem like these men, men like these, and the kids who signed the Harvard letter have nothing in common, actually, I think they do. They all came out of an asshole factory. <laughs> so... So... <laughs> to the older folks, I say, college today is not the college you remember. And to the younger people, I say, don't. Don't do it. You don't need four years and a lifetime of crippling debt to learn to hate America when you can just watch five minutes of Selling Sunset. <laughs> if your parents have 300 grand, they absolutely need to flush down the toilet, put it in crypto, or buy a van, Go to a national park and feed yourself to a bear. <laughs> because any legacy dipshit can go to Penn. But a bear, that's hard to get into. We fight bears. Leo, look, bro. Leo, maybe God was trying to tell you something. Dude. No, no, no. Look, no, no. The he, reason he I the show because he couldn't take it and, and the reason he over the carpet and hit his face on the floor could have been the reason I ask about the diet changing is that's a big marker in dudes for head injuries. If you got a head injury, a lingering head injury, one that's longer than normally goes through your system in about twenty four hours, that is, you know, that's a big deal, bro. You need to go see somebody. You need to go to like a doctor and have them check you out because uh, that shit is not right. Something wrong with your head. Okay. That's all. You want to know how much they hate us oh, oh, no. or how much they hate their own people? How much they hate everybody? How about they just, how about how much they, I think this is a better example of, listen to how much they hate themselves because- okay. You know, if I ever had anybody working for me, like, or for this show, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't talk to them this way unless I was firing them. Yeah, even then. That, yeah, it, it would be even rough. Uh, you took a piece of paper from that woman uh, regarding uh, something that was owed by Duncan Tell. Where is it? What, what date was it? All from yesterday. Jerome took it up, so I have to call him to pick it up when I switched out the picture. I don't want you to do a goddamn thing. I want you to have a fucking brain. I want you to get read it. I want you to say, Congresswoman, it was such and such day. That's what I want. That's the kind of staff that I want to have. So some stupid other motherfucker did it. And, and I don't have the information. Nobody sent me the information. I need to uh, ensure my uh, schedule. And, uh, you know, if, if Google did it, shit ass did it, fuckface did it. And nobody knows a goddamn thing in my office. Okay? Nothing. 
I gave it to you. Your job was to get it on the calendar, imprint it in your brain, or send me the information back saying, Congresswoman, I made sure that the Ovi Duncan Tell event that you gave me uh, for so-and-so date at 7 is on the fucking calendar. Not to, oh, Jerome has it. Okay? So when I called Jerome, he only sit up there like a fat-ass, stupid idiot talking about uh, what the fuck he doesn't know. Okay? Both of y'all are fuck up a fucking F. It's the worst shit that I could have ever had put together. Two goddamn big-ass children. Fucking idiots. Serve no goddamn purpose. Ain't managing nobody. Nobody's respecting them. Nobody gives a shit about what you're doing. And you ain't doing shit. And this is an example of it. I gave it to Jerome. This is not child work. Okay? Oh, she, you know, I mean, she's probably not wrong in a way, in a way when you DEI hire Sheila Jackson Lee, let, let, let me, let me explain something to you, Sheila Jackson Lee, because apparently you don't listen to our show. When you DEI hire, this is what you get. I, I told you all a long time ago that eventually they're going to start eating their own. Do I need to give you a better example of them eating their own? Literally, she's chewing her staff. And what are what are her? Hold on. Let me put this in better terms for some of you who own your own businesses, and for some of you who own your own your own shit. And maybe you do talk to people like this. Bold move, Cotton. But let me put it to you this way. This is the safest way I can say it because if somebody spoke to me like that on the phone, especially if it was somebody who's supposed to be in charge of me, immediately what I would do is hang up. When they called me back and if they were loud even before it got, and this happened in the military on several occasions, my, I mind you, mind you, I lost some rank for it once and as it got close to my ear i clicked on the handset and put the handset back down and everybody looked at me and they were like wow that's ballsy and i was like yeah you know what when they calm down and they actually have something to fucking say to me that's worth the shit that i'm gonna listen to they'll be all right they'll figure out what i'm getting at He's occasionally hung up on me like that. It doesn't work out quite that well. And this shit will go on. Like I, I wanted to name this episode. She wanted to name this five eyes tonight and we're going to get to five eyes in Very just soon. a second yes. because it's a really important thing. And I need you all to listen to this. And this is really scary because when I say new world order, I want you all to raise your hands straight in the air. But before that, think about this for one second. I wanted to name this the beatings will continue until morale impl- improves. Which is exactly this. Maybe Sheila Jackson Lee would have been better off hiring someone like this. <laughs> Probably. This is outstanding. This is <laughs> see, I guess everybody's saying Gen Z is gonna get drafted. Like, <laughs> no the fuck we're not. And you know why I know that? Because we're just gonna say no. Like, how are they gonna actually force us to get up and go to work? I understand it was like that in like the 1940s. What else is there to do in 1940 besides shoot people? We have things to do nowadays. We have twerk, be bisexual, 
eat hot chip. Bye. And we're also like really mentally ill. I have like six of these. What makes you think I'm qualified to have a gun? Like within 600 feet of anybody, including myself. And finally, like guns are like so tacky. Like, can you imagine just like pulling up with a gun? Like that is so fucking embarrassing. Like, what is this, the revolutionary fucking war? No. Like, let's just chat. Let's just talk. There's no, there's no need for all the, like, like, no. <laughs> no. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. Damn. <laughs> yes! 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 Fuck yeah! So, you know what we know? We got a whole generation we can just walk over. If they Done? Listen, listen. Let's go, Gen X. You know what we got to do. Time to put boot to ass. Tell me, seriously, though, what are they going to do if all these kids just say, no, we're not, we're not fucking going. We're not getting drafted. They're going to enforce it. How? <laughs> it's a good question. Seriously, how? Seriously. How? Think about it. How are they going to put all those kids in jail? Yeah, that's what they did in the 60s, babe. Mm -hmm. How do you think that's going to go over these days? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you've been waiting for it, it's coming. It's, it's like, it's, it's so close to the window, the, the, little, the little pecker on the end of the, the bird, he's just about to peck on the window, and it's just about to shatter, and we're about to see breaking case of war, Mick. That that little, you know, that guy that like, uh, what's the little thing that you had the oil in and it used to balance and it would go back and forth and it would sway back, and back and forth and back and forth and we're getting closer. Like his head is just getting closer to puncturing the glass, and breaking case of war, Mick will be released. What are you gonna do if they try and draft Con? Good luck with that over my dead body. Exactly over my dead body exactly good luck with that hey uh, it's not a challenge folks i i don't challenge anyone because Gotta i find can them first i i can shoot really good but i'm just telling you over my dead body is not a well, challenge check check this out this nor is, a joke this is, this is today level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel? So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. And certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab, Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. So wait, wait, wait. Do you, who, do you, do you wait, stand with you, Israel or yeah. do you stand with Palestine? Because right there, it sounds like you're standing with Palestine. That's, I'm kind of confused. I'm you're kind of bisexual on that one, aren't you? Because she's asking about the rise in anti-Semitism. She's like, oh, we haven't seen any evidence of that. But you know, but we've seen anti-Arab. What? what, 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 what huh? uh -huh. Lion cunt, you lion twat. Yeah. yeah. But hey, I mean, you know that that rise of anti-Semitism, because see, she didn't actually want to want to talk about that. Oh, because she was skipping around. 
or she was that was to not top of mind. Not, definitely not top not of top mind. Not top of mind. Definitely right. not okay. top of mind. So not top of mind. No, she's just she's not gonna talk about it. Check it out. Does the president view anti-Israel protests and sentiment on college campuses as anti-Semitism? So look, I'm not gonna get into what's happening across the country and at different universities, not gonna get into the specifics. As the Admiral said, the First Amendment right, right? That's what something a peaceful protest is really. Uh, part of part of our democracy, being able for folks to to uh, to be able to express their feelings. I'm not going to get into any uh, uh, you know specifics on that. The president has been very clear in wanting to make sure that uh, Jewish Americans, wanting to make sure that Arab Americans, Muslims are protected here. That is what he believes in. That we they have the right uh, to live their lives and to feel protection and to feel like they're able to be part of a community. The president has been very, very clear on denouncing any type of violence. And so uh, as it relates to peaceful protesting, people have the right to do that. Uh, but we're just not going to get into blow by blows of what's going on across the country. The president has been very clear, very clear. Blow by blow, but the president himself said silence is complicity. So if there's anti-Semitic letters being sent by students, or protests, sentiment at of course, protests. Of course, the president doesn't uh, is is uh, 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 is against anti-Semitism. Of course, this is a president uh, that you have heard me say is wants to protect communities. <laughs> want to protect communities specifically? I want to protect apparently the Muslim community. Yeah, mostly. I mean, because it sounded like he sent a lot more money to Hamas than he did Israel. Yeah. Weird how that happened, huh? Oh, and there's, oh my God. But it's for all the bleeding hearts so in the Gaza Strip. Much there, but we have to watch this before. We do, because this is really important. Yeah, we really this do. This is hugely important. Uh, if you don't know what Five Eyes is, okay, so the reason that this episode is called Five Eyes, first of all, I am right now currently releasing the scratch uh so over on the pilt side you can go get your scratch um <clears throat> first of all five eyes is in a, a joint intelligence uh conglomerate if you will uh is the best way to describe it so what five eyes is is the united states the um uk uk Israel, Israel, Australia, Australia, and uh, the Netherlands all combined, all joining all of their intelligence services into one. So like your MI5, your FBI, your um, Australian National Police, your um, New Zealand National Police, the... Um, uh, the French National Police. Oh no, isn't Canada part of it? Yes, Canada's in there as well. They all share all of the information across the board. So you'll have an extra designation marker, F-V-E-Y-S. That's Five Eyes. Five Eyes is all of those countries sharing information across platforms uh, up to the secret no foreign level. Understand you can share a lot of shit at that level. It's not a, it's one of the ones that we consider pro pretty important. Uh, top secret would just be above that, but that's our own separate entity. It runs its own 
server base. It, you could never touch it even if we tried. Anyway, this is really important because this is the first time I've ever seen this. And last night when I watched this, it scared the flying shit out of me. Because it's getting broadcast to the world. Everybody's seeing this. War in the Middle East has the FBI tracking more potential threats of terrorism in the United States. Tonight, the Bureau's director, Christopher Wray, tells us his main concern is not an organized attack, but lone actors inspired by the violence. We met Ray Wednesday for an unprecedented interview that included him and the intelligence directors of our English-speaking allies. Together, they know more about the threats in the world than perhaps anyone. They're known as the Five Eyes, and they have never appeared in an interview together. They're doing it now because they're alarmed by China, which they say is the greatest espionage threat democracy has ever faced. But given the war, we'll begin with FBI Director Ray on the threat of terror at home. The story will continue in a moment. We have seen an increase in reported threats, but vigilance is, is heightened right now just because of the fluid and volatile environment in the Middle East and the ways in which that could spin out uh, in the U.S. By the time we had gathered for our interview, it had already spun out in the United States. In Illinois, a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy was stabbed to death by a man enraged by the attack on Israel. How do you stop that kind of thing? The key that we've found in stopping it more and more is trying to have the right eyes and ears out in the community. And so what we need to have are people in the community, when they see something starting to go awry, calling law enforcement. Um, and the attacks that we've been able to prevent over the years have almost always included somebody who's made that phone call. Uh, and the attacks that haven't been prevented have almost always had somebody who had that information, but for one reason or another didn't make that phone call. About 30 Americans were killed in the Hamas attack. Two American hostages were released Friday, which left 10 still missing. Sources tell us it's unclear how many of them may be hostages. Israel leads the hostage effort. The FBI is prepared to help. We're going to work closely with our partners, uh, our Israeli partners, our uh, U.S. embassy partners, um, the whole U.S. government to do whatever we can to ensure that those hostages uh, come out safe. But, uh, but make no mistake, this is a dangerous time. We met Chris Ray with his fellow intelligence chiefs of the so-called Five Eyes. From the left, Mike Burgess of Australia, David Vigneault of Canada, Ken McCallum of the United Kingdom, and at far right, Andrew Hampton of New Zealand. The Five Eyes Alliance was formed after World War II to gather intelligence, but this was their first public appearance ever, and they did it in Palo Alto, California, Silicon Valley to make this point. The technology secrets that are about to change the world in artificial intelligence, biology, and computing are falling into the wrong hands, stolen in a global espionage campaign by China. The People's Republic of China represents the defining threat 
of this generation in this era. There is no country that presents a broader, more comprehensive threat to our ideas, our, our innovation, our economic security, and ultimately our national security. We have seen efforts by the Chinese government, directly or indirectly, trying to steal intellectual property, trade secrets, personal data, uh, all across the country. We're talking everything from Fortune 100 companies all to smart startups. We're talking about agriculture, biotech, healthcare, robotics, aviation, uh, academic research. We probably have somewhere in the order of 2,000 active investigations that are just related to the Chinese government's effort to steal information. But all countries spy. Mike Burgess of Australia. Yes, absolutely all countries spy. Our countries spy. All governments have a need to be covertly informed. Um, all countries seek strategic advantage. But the behaviour we're talking about here goes well beyond traditional espionage. This scale of the theft is unprecedented in human history, and that's why we're calling it out. They were calling it out this past week in private meetings with 15 top Silicon Valley executives and Stanford University. This is not just about government secrets or military secrets. It's not even just about critical infrastructure. It's about academic research in our universities. It's about promising startup companies. People, in short, who probably don't think national security is about them. Ken McCallum is director general of MI5, the UK's FBI. So we see the theft happening in a range of ways. One is that we see employees within those companies being manipulated. Often in the first instance, they're not aware of what is happening. We have seen, for example, the use of professional networking sites to reach out in sort of masked, disguised ways to people in the UK, either who have security clearance or who are working in interesting areas of technology. We've now seen over 20,000 examples of that kind of disguised approach to people in the UK who have information that the Chinese state wishes to get its hands on. You have um, the biggest hacking program in the world by far, bigger than every other major nation combined, stolen more of our personal and corporate data than every nation, big or small, combined. Are you saying that it is a threat to the way of life of democracies? It is a threat to our way of life uh, in, a, in a number of ways. The first is that when, when people talk about stealing innovation or intellectual property, that's not just a Wall Street problem. That's a Main Street problem. That means American jobs, American families, American livelihoods, and the same thing for every one of, of our five countries directly impacted by that theft. It's not some abstract concept. It's, it has flesh and blood, kitchen table consequences. Here's one example. When China stole the technology secrets of one American wind turbine company, the company lost its competitive advantage. Sales collapsed, and it laid off nearly 700 workers. When you encounter a company that isn't sure that it wants to cooperate with you, what do you tell them? I would say that if you are operating at the cutting edge of tech in this decade, you may not be interested in geopolitics but geopolitics is interested in you. And you would be reckless, not just with my secrets, but with your own company's viability, with your shareholders' capital, if you didn't think about what that means. We all came into these meetings with the mindset of, we want to figure out how we can better help protect you, your innovation, your intellectual property. They all came into the conversations with ideas of ways they can help us help them. 
The intelligence chiefs told us Chinese companies are overseen by the Communist Party, and for many, espionage is a sideline on behalf of the PRC, the People's Republic of China. Is the Chinese government building industrial sites in your countries that are actually covers for espionage operations? David Vigneault of Canada. We have seen in the past uh, acquisition of, of land, acquisition of, uh, of different uh, companies where you, when you start to dig a little bit further, you realize that it's, uh, there is a, a, another intent. And we have seen and blocked attempt by the PRC to acquire uh, locations near sensitive strategic assets of the country where we knew that the ultimate purpose was for spying operations. And, uh, Director Ray, have you seen that in the United States? We've seen a variety of efforts by uh, Chinese businesses, some cases state-owned enterprises, some cases ostensibly private companies, attempting to acquire businesses, land, infrastructure, what have you, in the United States in a way that presents national security concerns. Including investigations recently of Chinese companies purchasing land and building plants near U.S. military bases. We welcome business with China, visitors from China, academic exchange. What we don't welcome is cheating and theft and repression. Political repression is another target of the Five Eyes. They told us they're fighting China's meddling in elections and violence aimed at silencing Chinese dissidents living in their countries. We had a case that, we, that was indicted not that long ago where there was a, an actual congressional candidate who was very critical of the Chinese government. The efforts were initially to try to see if they could come up with dirt on the candidate to derail his candidacy, then to try to concoct dirt just fiction uh, about the candidate. And then if that didn't work, there was even discussion about the candidate befalling a, a horrible accident. That candidate was Yang Shan, a Chinese American who served in the US military and protested China's crackdown on Hong Kong. Last year, he lost the Democratic nomination in a New York congressional race. In court filings, prosecutors say a Chinese agent hired an American private investigator to discredit Yang and left the investigator a voicemail saying, violence would be fine. Beat him until he cannot run for election. Is that the threat of violence in the United States that we face from the Chinese government? We have seen over and over again efforts to really stop at almost nothing to intimidate people who would have the audacity here in the United States where we have freedom of speech to express criticism of the regime. While we have the allies around the same table, let me ask this question. The catastrophe in the Middle East, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Chinese espionage on a scale that's never been seen before. Are all of you stretched too thin? I think one of the strengths of the Five Eyes Partnership is that we share some really fundamental values as countries and as, as agencies. Andrew Hampton of New Zealand. Part of how you respond to that is by working together as like-minded countries. Part of how you respond to it is <clears throat> partnering across our own countries, as we've talked about, with community groups, with the private sector. They're our biggest strength. 
For its part, China said this about the Five Eyes' point of view. We firmly oppose the groundless allegations and smears toward China. MI5's Ken McCallum told us, never in his nearly 30 years in intelligence has the threat been so complex. Iran, Russia, terrorism. But it was China that was the first to get the five eyes around this table and before the eyes of the public. I mean, essentially what you have with the Chinese government is the autocracy and oppressive regime of, uh, you know, East Germany combined with the cutting edge technology of Silicon Valley. And the combination represents a, a daunting first of its kind threat for the United States and for our allies. You seem to be saying that the Chinese government is running a criminal enterprise. Well, I would say the Chinese government, if they want to be a great nation, it's time for them to start acting like one. Uh, and that includes abiding by its own commitments not to steal innovation. That includes not exporting repression to other countries. That includes working with all of our countries and all the other uh, countries that we work with all the time who have common threats like cybercrime, fentanyl trafficking, money laundering. Uh, it means not working with criminals, uh, but rather working to uphold the rule of law. Thank you very much. Wow. Okay. That's a big oh. crowd. Hold that. That's a big crowd. Yeah. Anyway, that's some folks. Let me let me let me tell you why this is scary. All right. First of all, how did the FBI how was the FBI not aware that the attack in Israel was about to happen? They just told you that there that they have folks everywhere. They do. They have Liats all over the world. Liats are foreign attaches under legal matters to foreign countries for the United States of America. A Liat is normally a junior FBI agent who's sent out into the world and figure out who the fuck he is. Most Liats I've dealt with are fucking retards. 90% of them I buried in shit and left them there. Why? Because it's where they belong. But how did the Legats miss the... We'll get back to that. Anyway. Second part. The China shit. Really? They've only been, been our biggest foreign aggressor for probably the last 20 years when it comes to the intelligence. They literally have gone after everything. Everything they can get their hands on that isn't nailed down, they will steal it in a heartbeat, militarily, industrially, uh, intelligently, whether it's done in a college or it's done on a military campus somewhere. They will steal everything that's not nailed down. We're just figuring this out. 90% of the people in the intelligence field has known. China is the biggest intelligence threat the United States faces hand over fist in every aspect of the intelligence field, whether it's signals intelligence, whether it's radiological intelligence, whether it's human intelligence, whether it's 
fucking the, the ability to see from a fucking satellite. The goddamn Chinese have been all over us for fucking years. Are, are you five eyes is just now figuring that out? I've known that that's been around for at least 30 years, if not 50 years. Holy shit. Anyway. Biden shut down the biggest part of what Trump started. Trump started something in the Five Eyes community that was going to curl it. They called it the curled eye Five Eye community. Because they were going to omit certain countries that weren't playing ball in the rest of the federal field. Who are those countries? Well, I'll tell you one of them. Israel was one of them. Yeah. Israel, somebody Trump stood behind, but something that Trump understood that the rest of the intelligence community understood was that Israel was just as bad as China. If it wasn't nailed down and it had to do with military intelligence, if it had to do with military intelligence or our ability to collect intelligence or our ability to do our jobs downrange, Israel was trying to steal it from us just the same. The whole Five Eyes community has been full of shit from the beginning. And that's what scares me. Because not only have they been introduced to something you and I will, well, you probably won't never understand, but they've been given information that quite honestly, in the first place, they should have never had. And I don't trust when people of the government tell me, well, now I got to trust these guys, especially when they put it on 60 minutes. And not only do they put it on 60 minutes, but they air all their faces. Yeah. Do you see that one dude from Britain? That's injury much. Just wondering. You've had a little of the grocery thing for all because your life was hanging high to the left and you were talking like you were from fucking Texas. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious. You heard him. I did too. Tell me something, Sparky boy. Does that look normal to you from somebody from Britain? Just wondering. I mean, because that's your government. Do you see? This is not about America either anymore. This is worldwide. This is in, in Scotland. This is in England. This is in fucking Denmark. This is in Wales. This is anywhere you live on this globe, Australia, because I know I've got people tuning in from Australia and New Zealand. Folks, this is all over this globe. This is everywhere. All this woke shit. This is where we're at. Well, this is our government before we get out of here real quick. Yeah. So we can, we got to make fun of this. We, we, we got it. It's just did so you fun. hear that? Um, Liz Cheney wants to run for president. She's running for president. Uh -huh. Hi, so my name is Liz Cheney, and I'm running for president. And you want to know why? Because I fucking hate Donald Trump. Also, because I care about the Constitution, and because my daddy told me to. Hi, so my name is Liz Cheney. <laughs> oh. 
shit. That was funny. You're right. The flat earth. My bad. My bad. Flat earth. Mm. Across this flat earth. My bad. Either way, hey, uh, we got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, tomorrow morning, she'll be back 8.30 in the morning. Yep. Get up. For the good book. Get up for the good book. Start your day off right. tuned in this morning. There was a lot of people there. Yeah. So get up. Tune mm-hmm. in. Yep. It's always a good way to start your day off. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you can go get pissed off. Leanna will be on at 9.05. And she has my designated right to kick ass and take names. She knows what I'm talking about. Till then, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. Remember, early, early show, show tomorrow. 5.15, pre-show, yep. 5.45, 5.30 or 530 for the regular, regular show. show. Yep. And uh, we get off early because Josh comes up right after we do. And he's got a longer show that night. So till then, fuckers. That night because he's on AMP afterwards. So. Oh, early show that night. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Exactly. So either way. Anyway. Um, we will see fuckers back here tomorrow night yep. for the make. And be Lynn. Love you guys. Have a great night, fuckers. Thanks for watching. Peace. Fuck around and find out